you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky with you. Buck, what's going on, man? How you doing? Nothing, man. It's a great day. We love this part of it because now we're in the hustle of a normal football week in the regular season. And now that we're like four weeks in, you kind of got your your rhythm back. You kind of know how your Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays operate. And even though we're not in the league, there are things that we would be doing if we were on the road as scouts where you're kind of fitting that part in. And so now I'm comfortable. I'm comfortably in the season, kind of got my little routine. I'm ready to go. Yeah, no, I just started getting them into my rhythm, and then the Chargers have a bye week this week. Uh, so kind of uh, that's kind of that's weird. Changes up a little bit on you, but uh, I'll be up there Sunday night. I think I don't know who that's with. I don't know if that's with Roser. Oh, or you got game day live. Andrew. They got I'll you. Do that. I go no, not not. Thankfully, not game day live during the day. Rhett Rhett's holding that down for everybody that, that we used to have to be on that. But it's the final, <laughs> so it's the after the Niner Cowboy game. Uh, little highlight dealio thing oh so, that's cool what mjd would do sometimes yeah i feel like i'm always having to fill in for mjd taking time off i feel like that's my I mean, uh, i'm the pbu for mjd is what i am MJD. i'm the primary backup yeah. there yeah mjd is certainly enjoying uh is ramily ties and connections and all those stuff uh, no kidding uh, sp- uh speaking of that game by the way we're gonna get into that today we'll preview cowboys niners uh, we're gonna look at these rookie impact scores in just a second and then uh, maybe some teams we think could be uh, could be ready to break out, Buck, and maybe some teams we're concerned about. But I, I say we start things off as we do uh, each and every week on the uh, on the pod, looking at these rookie impact scores. So this is again our buddy Jack Andrade putting this together for us on the research side, uh, where you look at the most impactful rookies, which combines play time, obviously getting out there is a big part of it, uh, and production. So if you look at it individually for Week Four, shouldn't be a surprise. Puka Nakua at the top of the list. Uh, Chan is second, running back from Miami. Witherspoon, surprisingly third. I thought he would be at the top for the week that he had, uh, but he's still there at number three. Michael Wilson, uh, we should probably talk about him a little bit, is fourth. Anthony Richardson and Stroud follow up uh, with the next couple spots. Uh, but Michael Wilson is an interesting one because someone who you know had had injuries, battled injuries there at Stanford, looked great at the Senior Bowl, uh, big, fast, physical, uh, tested well. And uh, did some work with our buddy TJ Hushmanzada in the run up to the draft. He he was with Puka uh, training with mm-hmm. him, and both those guys are off to a great start. But just is there anything we can learn on a guy like Michael Wilson, who you know the the tape was fun, but it was just limited. So it's funny because Michael Wilson for me is a personal story because he was at Chaminade High School in L.A. when I was coaching at Notre Dame and Sherman Irks, and so he was one of the rivals. And so watching him grow up as a receiver. He was always big and physical and kind of was a man amongst boys playing against, you know, guys his age, but then to watch him kind of grow. And even though he goes to Stanford and has success, he still didn't have kind of like that dominant uh, career that you would think, oh, would translate into immediate success. But DJ, he, he goes into the National Football League, he finds his way. And we're, we're, we're talking about this more. A lot of it is the fit. A lot of it is being yeah. able to take someone 
and project him accurately from the system and role that he played in in college and put him in the same role in the pros. And we talk about that sometimes in the pros when we're talking about evaluation, about a fit and scheme and those things. But I'm beginning to think it's beyond that. I'm beginning to think, can we take a guy that was a number two in college and put him in a number two role in the pros? Because that is a more accurate assessment of what he will be. Maybe the mistakes are when we take someone who was a number two in college and say, hey, he's going to be a number one or vice versa. But he perfectly fits exactly what the Cardinals want to do. And after watching him and Puka Nchua have success, I may be more in on what you've talked about the last couple of years. I may be more in on the GPS stuff, less yeah. about the stopwatch, because the play speed that is derived on the GPS allows you to be like, no, his play speed is fine. Whatever he timed at the combine, he plays much faster than that. And I think we're beginning to see that. And the Rams have talked about that with Puka. I'm sure the Cardinals would say the same thing about Michael Wilson. So we've talked about the four fives as the magic number uh, for these wideouts. <laughs> Puka Nakua ran four five six at his pro day. Michael Wilson ran four five eight at the at the uh, at the combine. So again, it's it's being explosive, but still being able to gear down, get in and out of breaks. And I go back and look at my notes on him. Um, stop start quickness for a big guy is one of the things that jumped out. He had a big time wild touchdown versus Colgate where you could see him contort himself. I said he was really sudden. Uh, so maybe the top speed you could question, but he gets up to speed quickly. 78 yard touchdown against Washington was big time. Excellent senior bowl. Missed time with injuries. Buck, the interesting one to navigate around. Mm -hmm. He had a 12.5% drop rate, which is very high. Uh, some of that I think was because of the limited opportunities. So you don't have as many, you know, as many targets, you don't, you know, that, that makes it, if you have a couple, they can be pretty costly. Um, but I, I think that we need to start, we need to start in, in maybe incorporating more of the all-star stuff with wideouts a little more than we have in the past. Think about Cooper cup when he was at the senior bowl, nobody could cover him. You remember mm -hmm. tank Dell this year at the senior bowl, nobody could cover him the week of practice. You saw Zay flowers. And it was mm -hmm. like, you know, it wasn't even fair watching him at the East-West when you go back through that tape. But that there's something to that. Michael Wilson and Puka Nakua were the two stars of the Senior Bowl practice week at wideout. And Tank Dell would be the third. And they've all done great. They all have done great. And you're beginning to look at those guys. And we talk about it. And the, the, the funny thing, uh, Ron Wolf and, and the guys who worked up under him, they would always talk about the All-Star games can never hurt you. They can only help you because you have an mm -hmm. opportunity to see guys out of their familiar system, but they're playing against best on best. And if you can dominate in those areas, there's a good chance you're going to dominate in the league. And so the flashes that we see at all-star games, we need to believe them because we're seeing more of the guys that play really well in these all-star games are also flourishing and thriving when they get to the National Football League. It doesn't mean that you dismiss or ignore what they did throughout their college years, but when you have an opportunity to see best on best, the guys that show up and play well, you have to kind of put like a little gold star by them because it, it more than likely means that they're going to continue to have success at that level. I am just really impressed with how so many of these young guys are being able to come in and make their mark right away. You talk about the Tank Dales of the world. We talked about Michael Wilson. and Pook. I, More impressed now than I've ever been when it comes to, I said, maybe the readiness and the preparedness of being able to play and contribute. Before we were talking about, hey, well, maybe by the end of the year, you know, these, these guys are coming right out the gate, mm -hmm. right out the gate doing it. And to me, the surprise is they're not just the first rounders that are doing it. It's the later round guys that are having success. 
that's where we really have to dig down deep and kind of figure out what is the the the, the common denominator between the later round guys who are having success right away. Yeah, I, I think we've kind of stumbled upon it. You know, it's those guys running in the mid four fives. Uh, they have size, they have instincts, they can stop and start. Um, you know, and some of that too. And I, they 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 both played with quarterbacks that had ability. But you're going to have situations for some of these players where it's not only um, you know can the Senior Bowl be valuable because you get to see them go up against top corners, but you get to see them play. You know, with quarterbacks that can get them the ball with an offensive line that's buying them time in one on ones. There's no pass rush, so that you know, that just eliminates mm-hmm. some of the variables, and then you can focus in on can this guy run routes? Um, can he drop his weight? Can he get in and out? Can he separate? I think you can learn a lot uh, at the All Star games at those positions. So something to keep an eye on uh, as we move forward. Let's look at the uh, the top classes from last week. Uh, they would be the Texans. They got the most impact from their rookies: Seahawks, Rams, Colts. Cardinals, those would be the five. You look down there at the names, Buck. Uh, we've talked a bunch about the Texans every week with Stroud, Henry Toto, the linebacker again, uh, 58 snaps from him, Tank Dell um, being out there a bunch. Uh, the Seahawks, Charbonnet and Derek Hall, we, we've mentioned them. The Rams, we, I feel like we've talked about them each and every week. How about some of these other guys with the Colts, though? Uh, when you look at that, Anthony Richardson, you know, we talked about him and the production he's had running the ball as well as giving you some pop in the passing game. Uh, but Juju Brents, uh, the mm-hmm. corner, 85 snaps. He had nine tackles. And then uh, your Tar Heel, Josh Downs, out there for 47 snaps. He only 34 receiving yards, but he's getting out there, getting some run. I will say this. The Colts are um, an example of, we talked about it, I, I think we talked about it like early in the season about the prototypes and how they've just gone all in on the freaks yeah. at the position and how they're kind of changing the game in terms of, hey, you give me the physical tools, We'll coach them up and get them ready. That yeah. runs counter to what coaches typically like to do when it comes to the draft. You know, coaches always want the ready-made guy. I can plug and play, have him. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time teaching him how to play. Chris Ballard and Coles are saying, no, no, no. We want the guys who have all the ingredients. We'll figure out how to bake the cake. <laughs> and DJ, I am, I'm, I'm saying this because I was skeptical on Anthony Richardson when he was entering the league. I was skeptical on some of the guys who they had, like the super freaks. But DJ, right now, it's working. And so that's either a testament to whatever the development plan is that the Colts have in the building, their coaches, having the right teachers around those players that are allowing those guys to kind of flourish and thrive right away. A lot of people are going to look at what the Colts did, and you can start seeing some copy copycats because the fact that they're 2-2, two two, the fact that they're having success with so many, I won't say raw players, but so many players who are regarded as better athlete than player. To mm-hmm. me, that could be revolutionary when it comes to the the, the scouting, team-building process. Yeah, and on him specifically, on Juju Brents, you talk about traits coming out of the, of the draft out of Kansas State, just under 6'3", 198-pound corner with 34-inch arms, which is incredibly long. Uh, he ran 4'5", 3". He played an off. He can really drive. I didn't think he had any wasted movement, quick feet. He, you know, he played fast enough. He could carry those verticals. He was tough. Uh, so when you talk about that size – you know, play speed more so than time speed, but also had that toughness. Every now and then just got caught peeking, could be a little bit aggressive uh, at that time. And, uh, you know, Quentin Johnson actually had a pretty good game against him. But uh, overall, I mean, you're talking about size, length, play speed, toughness. Those are the traits that they're they're trying to develop and, and work around. And I think you bring up a great point, man. I think to me, when we're – we always talk about what makes a great head coach. 
maybe maybe an underrated aspect of being a great head coach is being able to hire assistants that can really teach and not you know not be maybe so scheme obsessed you know oh how are we going to match up with this this and this hey if i give you a a a C or a B, can you make them a B or an A? Like that, mm. that that's gotta be a mm-hmm. part of this whole thing. It has to be a part of it. And it has to be a part of it now with so many young players coming into the league, the limitations that you have with the hours that you can spend with the players in and around the facility. And, and just the way that ball is going. DJ, you don't get a lot of practice time in pass. So you have to be able to teach guys how to play football without really playing football. And mm-hmm. It's something that sounds easy, but new school, old school, whatever it is, you have to be a great teacher. And that teaching is not just, hey, I'm going to take it from blackboard to the field, but can you give me the technique that I need to be able to be successful? And as a coach, do you have enough pitches in your bag that what works for DJ may be different than what works for Bucky? Do I have enough knowledge and experience to be able to teach both guys different things, but have them play well within the same system. Yeah, it's not cookie cutter. It's not one size fits all. Um, to me, you got to be able to customize your coaching for your players and what they can and can't do. Uh, I think that's an excellent point. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take a peek at the game of the week, which shouldn't be a surprise. It is the Cowboys and the 49ers. Uh, we'll dig into that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for the MCS Game of the Week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, Cowboys at 49ers. The spread is minus three and a half, favoring the 49ers. The over-under is sitting at 45. DJ, this is, I mean, this is a classic. If we were playing the <laughs> video game, this is normally what you would go to in terms of trying to pick the two teams that you want to play on the big screen. Uh, teams that have a story, tradition, and history. And even though it's been a long time for both of them in terms of winning a Super Bowl, all of us, our generation, remember these epic battles that they used to have. And for me, I just think about the glitz and glamour of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, versus the business uh, button-up, first-class mm-hmm. nature of those 49ers with Jerry Rice in touch. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. And the fact that both teams are good, both teams have the, – the, the teams have squared off in each of the last two playoffs. Man, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into this one. This one should be all eyes. They should shut, shut down all the other games and make everybody watch this because this should be an all-timer when it comes to the classic play. Okay, this is going to be uh, impromptu here, but I think it's a good exercise to have. If you uh, if you can pull it up, Buck, I'll give you a minute. Pull up the uh, depth chart for the 49ers 
and for the Cowboys if you get a chance to peek at it. Because here's an exercise that I want to do. We've done this in the past on occasion in big games, usually playoffs or Super mm-hmm. Bowl. But I think it's it's easy to say these two teams are very evenly matched. But I think if we were to have a draft where we said they are available for both squads, you have you can pick here Cowboys, 49ers. We take that pool of players, those 100-plus guys, we throw them into one pool, and we can pick and see how this would shake out. And I, I would give you I would give you the first pick, uh, Buck. You can pick anybody from that roster. Let's just go, let's go four or five rounds and we'll see how it shakes out. If the top 10 players in this game, how many of them play for each team? You ready to go? I'm ready to go. I get first pick. You get first pick. Go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna take Michael Parsons with the first pick. So that might be that's the Cowboys main guy. That's the event. He is the guy that you could talk about being a defensive player of the year. He's a game changer. He tilts the yeah. field. Cowboys favorite. I mean, he's, he's, he's special. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a smart move. I think I would have probably done the same thing. Um, and again, quarterbacks, I guess, can be a part of this. Um, but I, I'm just going to go strictly best players. So mm-hmm. for me, I, I would go Bosa. I would go Nick Bosa mm-hmm. would be the next pick in this one. So I'll go to the, the freaky edge rusher there for the 49ers. DJ, I feel like we're about to have a run. And I feel like the run is yep. going to be a handful of 49ers Coming off the board right away. That's what so I pointed. I'm, That's my point that I wanted to get to. But go and so, ahead. I mean, so look, I, I, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to take the guy CMC for MVP, even though it's not a marquee position. I'm going to take him just because he has been so good. DJ, he scored a touchdown in 13 straight games since joining the Niners. We're looking at the numbers in terms of his rushing ability, what he's added as a pass catcher out the backfield. The guy does it all. He is the most explosive and dynamic player that will be on the field in this game. He's the guy that you have to watch. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. Um, I would I would agree with that in terms of how he's played and what he means. I'm going to go Trent Williams with the next one, the big left that's tackle that's, for that's the 49ers. That, I mean, that's yeah. what I had next. I, I mean, I think that's I think that's a no-brainer. And it makes sense. He's, he's, he's a dominant player. He, he does so much. I mean, DJ, I can't wait for him to put him in motion this this week and let him just kick out whoever's coming off the edge. Maybe they'll have a way to be able to do it so he can kick out Michael <laughs> Parsons so you can you can move the ball. But, I mean, DJ, we've talked about it. You've talked about uh, we got the pass rusher in Nick Bosa. You got the tackle in Trent Williams. We talked about the playmaker in Christian McCaffrey. And I'm going again, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out, like, who's next. And, I mean, as much as I like, C.D. Lamb, look, George Kittle is a a, a unicorn at the mm-hmm. position on the field. I mean, he's, look, the people say half man, half amazing. He's half offensive tackle, half wide receiver, and he gets it done on the perimeter. So give me George Kittle next off the board. So you take Kittle. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Fred Warner. Oh, man. Uh, you know, C.D. Lamb's got to factor in here pretty soon. But I, I, I'm just yeah. saying, if you just stack them up just by their <laughs> grades, I think Fred Warner's. I mean, you can make a case Fred Warner's the best linebacker in the NFL. I mean, you're looking at so, it right now. Just, just so if we say Bose is the second best uh, yeah. defensive lineman or whatever, and then, then you would say CMC's the best running back in the NFL. Trent Williams the best tackle in the NFL. George Kittle maybe the best combo tight end in terms of as a blocker what he gives you, and Fred Warner's the best off the ball linebacker. I don't think that's crazy to say. It's not crazy to say, and that's what we're saying. And so when everyone talks about the San Francisco 49ers and why they've been able to kind of, I don't know, make their hay and dominate in the way they look 
like a dominant team. It's, it, it's the drafting. It's the personnel. Yeah. The personnel is everything. And we'll eventually get to Brock Purdy, but the personnel is ridiculous. And so I will save C.D. Lamb from going on a further drop, but I'll put him go. right here. But, I mean, I could just as easily say, hey, I'll take Debo Samuel. When Debo Samuel's healthy, he gives you some of that other stuff. But I'm going to take C.D. Lamb right now for the Cowboys. Yeah, C.D. Lamb's a good one. I, I would take uh, – I'll come back, and I, I'm with you. I'll take Debo here with the next one. DJ, so let's think about this. So, so I'm six of at, the top eight players in this game are we're saying are 49ers. I mean, six of the top eight. I mean, we can talk about like maybe Zach Martin and those guys, but DJ, the, San Francisco has so many good mm-hmm. young players there that it just makes it, man, it just makes it hard to, when we start matching it up like this. It makes it hard because after that, we, have, like, we, yeah. we haven't got we haven't got to Javon Hargrave, we haven't got to Greenlaw, uh, we haven't got to Eric Armstead, good player. We haven't got to Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm just, I mean, we can stop it here. This is the point. The point that I was looking to make is that you know you're people the, are going to be on, on Dak, and Dak needs to win this game. Dak, Dak has got you know it's Dak and Purdy, and you know. This ain't Dak. This team is – I like the Cowboys. They have a good team. They, they ain't close on paper. No. And that's what's scary about it. Because oh, until you – until we did the, the exercise, um, <laughs> it is – you don't realize how, how tilted it is. And, DJ, in doing that exercise now, and I think that's a great one to do when we come to, like, stacking up rosters around the league. DJ, who else is in the 49ers class? There's only a handful of teams that can yeah. legitimately go player for player with the Niners. I mean, we're talking about guys, and, and we always said this, and, and I learned it, but um, what, 8 to 12 blue chip players, 8 to 12 championship players typically comprise a, a Super Bowl roster. We just had a draft mm-hmm. where six of the first eight went to the Niners, <laughs> and six of the players that we mentioned, they're in the conversation to be the best at their respective position. And and, yeah. and and when we start handicapping or predicting which teams are going to go to the Super Bowl, if we go by the roster, yeah, there are not many teams that can compete one on one, player for player, with the rosters too deep, the, the Niners too deep depth chart. Yeah, if you just look at Javon Hargrave and Greenlaw, I could make a case that you would take them before you would take another Cowboy. So I mean, you could you could get mm-hmm. to the point where you could say. Eight. Uh, if we even just take the quarter, if we say we put the quarterbacks off to the side, the top ten players in this game, eight of them are 49ers. That's not crazy. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not crazy to say. I think you can make a strong argument that it's, it's true. And and Diggs being out obviously factors into that. He probably cracks the list, um, but he ain't playing. I mean, even if you would DJ, we would then have questions about. From a consistency standpoint, how do we put them up there with the others? And I love Diggs, but how do we put them up there with the others? When we see the guys that we name, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, all those guys, from a consistent standpoint, they typically have good game, good game, good game, good game. It's rare that you see them with the double agent games where it's half good for them, half bad, and you, you just wonder. This this marquee matchup. Well, I mean, I mean, Tony Pollard is going to be in the conversation here, but I would take Debo over Tony Pollard. I would take Javon Hargrave over Tony Pollard. I like Tony Pollard, but I, I'm not, I Dre Greenlaw and Tony Pollard. Okay, maybe 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 you go Pollard. There, Greenlaw is a, is a stud though. I mean, that's a good conversation to have. 
So, okay, maybe we go, maybe we put Pollard in there and maybe you say uh, seven out of 10. Still, seven it's lopsided. It, it, it's very lopsided because even after we get to the top 10, DJ, then when we start talking about the, the depth, Niners have greater depth than the Cowboys. Cowboys have yeah. been great, but the Niners have better depth. And as we think about the expectations of the Cowboys being a, a, a Super Bowl team and those things, look at who they have to climb over top of to get there. The Niners, the Eagles, uh, that's what really makes uh, – it makes it a real interesting discussion. It's one that uh, – maybe, maybe, maybe we're wrong, but right now on paper, it looks like it could be a bit of a lopsided game for the 49ers. We'll see what, what ultimately transpires this weekend. That was the MTS Game of the Week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code MTS. That's code MTS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right. Uh, one thing to do here, a little exercise um, before we uh, we wrap this thing up today, Buck. Um, I'm going to go through the, the last place teams. We've done this in the years past. I think it's a fun exercise. So I'm just going to go through the teams that are currently in last place and a percentage that you think they have to make the postseason. You know, it could be 50%, mm-hmm. 10%, 0%. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right. First off here, the Jets and the Patriots are each one and three. So uh, let's give them each a percentage here. Start with the Patriots. Ooh, to make the playoffs. I would say a 10% chance for the Patriots Ooh. to make the playoffs. Uh, I'm just, man, the quarterback isn't playing great. And Mac I was Jones, surprised you were that high. <laughs> I mean, you just never know. You just uh, never know. Maybe they can pull a rabbit out of that. But the quarterback's not playing well. They don't have... Uh, anybody that scares you on the perimeter on offense, and then Matt Judon being hurt, Christian Gonzalez being hurt, they trade for J.C. Jackson. Just not enough for them to be able to get back in it. There's always a puncher's chance. I'm going to say Belichick sometimes can pull a rabbit out of that, but I don't think it's likely this year. And for the New York Jets, I will say this. Everyone is focused on Zach Wilson, and is he uh, able to, to lead this team? Zach Wilson will be able to lead the team if the defense lives up to expectations. Yeah, they haven't played well the last mm-hmm. three weeks. If the defense plays the way that everyone expects them to play, well, then Zach Wilson can get this team to the playoffs as a game manager. But until Robert Sala gets his defense playing at a top five level, the Jets' chances are slim to none. I'm gonna give them 15, percent but that is really hanging by a thread. It really hinges on whether the defense can kind of fix their woes. Yeah, I, I was gonna go probably. Seven and a half percent for the Patriots. Maybe uh, I'm going to go 20 percent for the Jets. I'll know more if the Jets lose the Broncos this week, then that number goes down to next to nothing. So uh, a big one for them. The Cincinnati Bengals, Buck, they look terrible. Uh, they're one and three. Uh, the division right now, Baltimore's three and one. The other two are two and two. What do you think on them? I mean, I think I think it, I think it's over, man. I think it's over for them. I think they had their little run. Uh, I worry about Joe Burrow. His limited mobility takes away a lot of the stuff that he does, and does Zach Taylor have the ability to go to another pitch when, look, it's not getting overplayed. The way they're playing offense right now is not effective. Does he have anything else that he can go to? I'm going to say no. I'm going to give them a 20% chance of being able to do it just because of the talent on their roster. Not real optimistic because there's so many talented teams in their division. It's going to be hard for them to get to the top of the division to give themselves a chance to get to the postseason. Yeah, they're already 0-2 in the division, 0-3 in the conference, which is not a great start. Now, the good news is they have two games I think they can win. 
uh, before the bye. If they get those two, now you're three and three. Coming out of the bye, they got a brutal stretch. But if they can somehow get these next two wins, I think they could fight back into it. I might just go a tiny bit higher. I'll go give them a quarter, uh, just in the assumption if they get to 500, get the bye, maybe Burrow comes back. He's healthier, uh, and maybe they uh, they look like a different football team. But you know, not super optimistic there. I'm going to skip the AFC South because the whole division's two and two, so yeah, that everybody. doesn't really work. Doesn't work with that exercise. Uh, the Raiders and the Broncos are each one and three. Just kind of quickly on them, I don't really see either of them as playoff teams. But yeah, less than you? less less than 10 percent for both teams. Less than yeah, that. I, I just five percent. Yeah, 5%, maybe. If then, that's a very generous 5% for both of them. I just haven't seen enough out of either squad to say that they are a serious playoff team. Uh, the Raiders just can't get it going. Josh Jacobs hasn't been able to run the football. And, man, for whatever reason, this team just cannot win these close games. And so they're out of it. And for the Broncos, defensively, they're terrible. Uh, you can't give up a 70-burger. Look, 70-burger, you still have flashbacks and nightmares of how bad that was. I can't imagine a team that gives up 70 points finds its way into the postseason tournament. I think it was more embarrassing what they gave up to the Bears, to be honest, than the 70 they gave up to the Dolphins. Um, yeah, I, I, I put 5% for each of those teams, maybe less, maybe 2.5%. Uh, then we get to the NFC, the Giants. Man, recency bias. They're uh, they're one and three. It's hard to feel like there's you know a chance to really turn this thing around. I guess if you get you know you get your running back back, you get your left tackle back, maybe it can get better. Uh, but they haven't inspired much confidence, what we've seen thus far. No, nah, they haven't inspired much confidence. You're just, you're just kind of worried about where they are. Quarterback's not playing great. Barkley's going to be beat up when he comes back. Not a lot to build them. And I'm waiting for this defense to dominate. Last year, the defense was kind of able to hold Rock City into the offense, pick it up in games. Haven't been able to do that. And their offensive line has not performed Oof. well. Uh, as much as you want to blame everything, we want to blame everything on Daniel Jones. He needs to be protected. Everyone knows he has to have a force field around him. They have not done that, and because of that, the, the turnovers have started to come. 5%, 10%, what do you think? Uh, two and a half percent. Two and a half, all right, there you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bears, uh, I'm going to go the uh, – it's hard to do it, but I'm going to give them the 0%. They have no chance of making the playoffs. So they can clip that and throw it back in my face if the, if I'm wrong, but I, I don't know how I could give them anything other than a 0% chance. I mean, zero. It's, 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 it's bad. It's been bad last – Week they tease us for a little bit, and then the turnover showed up late uh, for Fields. They just can't, man. They can't get a gun. Like sometimes not it's just good, bad. Mark. At it's some point bad. in time, it's like we don't need to try and reinvent the wheel of analysis here. They stink. Just, man, um, just all right, Carolina Panthers zero and four. Any uh, any hope there, or that is that ship already sailed? No, no hope. And I am really disappointed. I thought this team would be better. I mean, I know there were they people are. that thought it'd be a dead. It, it's just not it's not good. And the defense is taking a step back. Offensively, Bryce Young's trying to figure it out. Frank Reich's trying to do what they do, but it's just this is not good. So zero percent chance of the Carolina Panthers making the postseason. Yeah, I think I would probably go with you on that one. And then lastly, uh, I think a surprising team that at one if you can say surprising at one and three, but look, their point difference is only minus fourteen. Uh it's not it's not terrible uh compared to some of these other last place teams. But the Arizona Cardinals here at one and three. Love the effort, love the competitiveness. Uh, they're going to win some more games because of how hard they played. The effort and the toughness that they displayed has been really impressive. That said, uh, <laughs> here comes the truth. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't translate anything. Zero percent chance. Uh, they just don't have enough. They don't have enough firepower to get on the street where they can win 10 games. I just can't see a scenario where they win 10 games uh, to make it. 
maybe they get four or five. They they won't get ten. No, they're not going to make it. I'll, I'll go two and a half percent. But it's a it's a competitive team, uh, much better than what I thought they would be. All right, I want to remind everybody, uh, we have got episodes each and every day, five episodes a week here on Move the Sticks, including the video show that streams at 4 p.m. Pacific uh, every Tuesday on the NFL Fast channel. So uh, lots of Move the Sticks content coming your way. If you haven't already, uh, do us a solid and subscribe, uh, if you could, to the podcast and uh, and leave us a rating and review. We do appreciate those as well. Uh, That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, with one more episode before we get to the weekend here. We appreciate you, and we'll see you right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.